Welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Gambit, part of the Going for Two Live Network. We're available on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. Uh, I think Jeff gave a kick at Kick uh, that platform as well. So I think I believe we're on there uh, to kickstart that. Um, I, I can kick through these jokes a bunch, but uh, <laughs> let's kick that idea out. Uh, and of course, we're on Twitter, but we can't see your Twitter comments uh, if you do comment under the videos. Uh, so head over to the Going to Live YouTube page to interact with us if you so choose to. Uh, glad that uh, Gator J, you chose to uh, appear. I, I would say submerge, but uh, the opposite. And, uh, emerge. Emerge, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gator. I am up Gator. From swamp. <laughs> glad to have you, Gator. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I know we're getting back into regular season. Um, thank God work is uh, settled a little bit, you know, settled down a little bit in the heat. You know, I, I know Eric will talk about the heat here in a minute, but it, it's been it's been hot here in South Georgia as well. Um, and getting the work done that, that I do with satellites is not fun when it's uh, 95 plus out uh, standing on top of a solid white roof. Um, I've lost about 65 pounds and I only weigh 165 pounds. Congratulations. <laughs> I think, although, uh, yeah, don't don't try to be Devon A chain, I suppose. No, right. <laughs> anybody, anybody looking for weight, I know a job for you. Well, you know what? I think that would that's what separates the pros from the Joes. But guess what? Even if you are just a regular Joe, you could be with the pros on the Pros with Joes Charity League, and the uh, founder and uh, creator and uh, organizer, CEO, CBC, COO, <laughs> see all the words I could say this uh, of Pros with Joe's Charity is Eric Romov. So, Eric, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on for the uninitiated. Uh, CBC is my role at Pros with Joe's, which is chief button clicker. Um, get everyone together and do a lot of button clicking this time of year so that we can raise some money for a variety of different charities. Um, this is our fourth season of pros with joes we are 56 teams deep um and every one of our teams is a pair of co-managers a fantasy pro an industry expert from really just about every website platform radio station tv station out there and a joe an everyday player who donated to that pros charity of choice in order to win their way into the league um so all told it's 112 people uh, we are entirely positionless. We have a quarterback spot and then a whole heap of flex spots. Um, and it ends up being a ton of fun, right? Where there's a, there's a lot of smack talking in the group chat already. We all pile into a Zoom to do a, a live draft together. Um, you know, it's, it, it ends up being a really cool experience for everyone that participates. And for the Joes, it's an opportunity to kind of ride shotgun and be involved in the, you know, day-to-day -day management of a fantasy team along with an expert that they know and trust. So proswithjoes.com is our website. That's where you can get registered. That's uh, where you can see all 56 of our pros and their fantastic charities. Um, pros with Joes on Twitter, where you can see all of those laid out individually and learn a bit more about the league. Well, I got a quick question for you, Eric. The So you, as a fan, you're donating 
whatever the dollar, I, I believe it's $1 each gets you into a drawing to get chosen or That's raffled right. or whatever yeah. for that. So, so when do, when do the, the Joes find out what, if they're going to be with that pro? And then the second question to that is, can, can a Joe donate to multiple pros? Yeah. Yeah. So your, uh, your characterization up front was correct. Um, every dollar that you donate is equivalent to an entry into a drawing. So all 56 of our pros are essentially the grand prize in their own sweepstakes. Um, the more that you donate, the more entries that you get. Uh, we will draw all of our winners once fundraising closes, which is at 11.59.59 p.m. this Sunday. So we got about two and a half, three days or so to get in there. And to your second question, Yes, you can absolutely donate to as many pros and causes as you like. Um, actually, uh, one of our one of our friends, uh, Danielle and Justin, donated two dollars to every cause last year, and they each actually won their way in. So, um, you know, it, there there are certainly some substantial donations that we've seen come across, but very literally, um, you know, not only does every dollar count for these organizations, but also a single dollar can get you into the mix and, and win your way into the tournament and every dollar goes to a great charity of of, of a pro's choice yeah every, every pro gets to select their specific charity so um they're all playing for something that is important to them you know over the years we've been able to hear their testimony and learn about you know why this cause is important to them or why they are raising for it so it's it's cool to you know learn a little bit more about these these people outside of their, you know, fantasy uh, pontificating. But, you know, also, you know, we, we get to send out money to a variety of different causes, right? We, we usually have a little bit of overlap every year. This year, we've got 56 pros participating. We've got 49 charities that are being supported. So, um, you know, really any cause that's important to you is very likely represented on that donor center as well. That's awesome. One thing I will say is, you know, compliment the pros with Joe's website, as you've already plugged it, just how everything is laid out. All the charities are there so people can get it. Like if, if people aren't necessarily sure what expert they want to be assigned with, maybe they prefer to donate to certain charities. You can go by that way. Uh, you can see which charities have like the amounts donated so far. So if you want to like cherry pick those that haven't like had too many donations and you want to like maybe more easily get your way in. Uh, especially towards the end, that could also be work as a strategy. So, you know, the game theory strategy part, we love that in fantasy. This, this is even before that to get into the fantasy leagues, you can do that. And so anyone who loves game theory and strategy, that, that, that's fun. And then of course it's all for charity, great causes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, very literally, I, I, I get messages every single year that, you know, someone saw it, they're excited to participate, but they're going to wait until the last day of fundraising so <laughs> they can more strategically place their dollar and try to try to win their way in. Right. Um, and uh, at least a bit of inside information for Dynasty Gambit listeners. Usually on that last day, we'll, uh, we'll bump the fundraisers that have the lowest donations to the top of the page. So as you're scrolling there, the ones that you see first are the ones that statistically you'll have the best chance of winning your way in through. Have you ever had it where there was a, a pro out there and then just a pro just kind of randomly throwing a, a dollar here, a dollar there, so there ended up being a two pros on one team? Oh, quite often. And actually, none other than our own Kyle Senra last year was <laughs> paired up with uh, with Jay Felicio. Um, probably my 
favorite story is uh, last year, um, Joe Bond of Fantasy Six Pack yeah. was the winning Joe, <laughs> and mm-hmm. in one of our one of our pairings. So we had a um, a a pro named Joey. It was Joey Wright paired up with a Joe named Joe. And I I just don't know if we're going to be able to top that. But yes, the double pro pairing does does happen quite frequently. Yeah, that would be that would be. Uh, thank God they didn't win. Yeah. Oh, Jay and I know we were awful. We we didn't take enough running backs. We, uh, we, we didn't even make the playoffs. We uh, we we could have we could have drafted better. I think. No, I just I would just hate to hear it from oh. Joey Wright. Oh, those two. And, and Joe Bond that they won. You know yeah. the pros and Joes, and it's like, of course you won pros and pros with Joes because you're Joes. Right. Just, you well, know. they were they were both pros named Joe, <laughs> and one of the Joes was also named Joe. Right. Was a they pro. each have their own show. It's very. It's very, it's very like Dr. Seussian, right? Like <laughs> tongue twisting. Yes. Tongue pros twisting. Pros named Joe's playing with Joe's who are pros named Joe. See, and going Fox, zero RB. Yeah. <laughs> <Golly. laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, well, this, this dude's a pro, Jamie P- Perot. Hey, Jamie. Oh, yeah. That's not how you pronounce his name. It's wrong. Uh, I messed it up. Yeah. Jamie's here. Uh, and apparently he missed. Gator. So well, everybody they were Gator. I mean, hell, I miss Gators back when they were good. It's been a while. By the way, oh, that, you mean the Florida team, right? Yeah. By the way, the oh, wait. Mentioned oh my god, was Anthony Richardson not good? Well, he was good, but the rest of the team was horrible. But that the the Gator net uh, Netflix series is out, and I have watched the first episode and a half. It is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I mean. Listen, we look at like Urban Meyer as an NFL coach, knowing that he came from Florida, knowing he came from Ohio State, great coach in the college ranks. But goes, literally an urban legend. Yeah, goes to goes to Jacksonville and just I don't know what happens in play. Became another different time of urban legend. But you know, it's kind of like you look at the the series, the quarterback that Netflix had, right? And everybody the first thing that the as soon as that series comes out, everybody is like Oh my God! I am I. I now have love for Kirk Cousins. That's kind of the way I feel about this series with with Urban Meyer because I'm like, I get it now. You know, it, it's more of that. You can't take the college coaching philosophy to the NFL. It just doesn't work with getting players that are getting paid. And I think that may be some of the issue we're going to have with the NIL. We'll see. But the what he brought to Florida was a mindset. And that's what the you know, the first episode and a half or so that is all about him building a mindset. And I think there's where his downfall was, was going into Jacksonville thinking he's going to tear this team down and build a mindset, you know, because going into going into Florida, you're like, or, you know, going into college as a new head coach, you're like, I've got to make men out of these kids. Some of them are going to leave. Some are going to quit. I want to find out who's going to stay. Well, ain't nobody quitting in the NFL because they're getting paid to do it. So you're like, you can't send them away. And I think that was some of where he lost everything, but it gave me a new respect for him as a coach at the college ranks. Oh, golly. You mentioned Kirk cousins in the quarterback. Series. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it was a great series too. I can't, oh, well, I enjoy it so much. Uh, I can't wait for Nick with Joe Burrow. My wife and I have two episodes left. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, see, I, I binge watched that. It took me like a day and a half, and I was I was done. I watched the whole thing. It was great. Oh, okay. Um, I was actually super interested to get like Marcus Mariota's perspective, everything that happened at the end of the season, and uh, yeah, got a good perspective on that. So 
Hmm. Not that we want to plug a big fancy network in, in their show, but yeah, uh, we want to talk about pros with Joe's. That's what this is all about today. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. So what's uh, the next question there, Kyle? I know you got more questions for Eric. Oh, let's well, think. I was going to say, I was going to ask Eric, was there anything we haven't talked about yet with pros with Joe's? Uh, no, I think that really covers it. Um, I will take any opportunity to say proswithjoes.com and at proswithjoes on Twitter. Um, that's where you can find all of our information, everyone that's participating, um, all the different causes they're playing for. And again, we're fundraising through the end of the night on Sunday. So a few days left, ton of different causes. Like I mentioned, if you check out the website and the donor center on Sunday morning, you'll uh, you'll see the uh, the quote unquote most winnable <laughs> drawings listed at the top. And then when are when are people going to find out um, what the when they when they or how, who they're playing with, which ones they won, and then when are you drafting again? So we are going to start notifying winners immediately after closing fundraising. Um, our drafts start as early as next Wednesday. Uh, they are Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday of the following week. Um, and we are going to notify winners who were in that first draft first, and then the second draft and the third draft. So um, the draft date and time is selected by your pro. That's how we uh, ultimately come up with our conferences. So kind of luck of the draw, you know, whichever whichever pro you end up winning with, um, you know, you're riding sidecar with them for the draft time they already selected, but um, almost immediately, right? Just about everybody for that Wednesday draft will be notified uh, very early Monday morning. You know, we'll just kind of work our way down the list. So um, you know, by the beginning or midpoint of next week, all 56 of our winners will be notified and paired up. So what I just got out of that is when you wake up Monday morning, you need to be checking your emails. Yeah. Um, your and your bosses would want you to do that anyway. I, I'm super lame. And like, I, I do things with this charity league that just kind of make me giggle. Um, somebody in the very first season uh, referenced getting a golden ticket, like in Willy Wonka. And so now whenever we notify winners, like we send them a little golden ticket, that's a safe one. Um, and I just, I picture little Charlie running through the streets back to his uh, back to his grandparents' house, and it makes me smile. Which that's all four of his grandparents. Are the, all four of his grandparents are laying in the same bed. That's what you should that do. That giant bed. Yes. What a weird setup. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's not like that's the strangest part of that movie. Well, no, that's yeah, that right. is the strangest it's, part of the movie. I mean, it's not the it's not the chocolatier luring no. kids into his factory and slowly killing them, right? I mean, they all made it out alive. Just forever deformed and altered psychologically <laughs> for all of existence. Yeah. I still love the blueberry. Yeah. Augustus Gloop. Yeah, I'm I wearing a blue shirt, so I don't I don't uh, you're all you're wearing all blue, and of course, of course you are. That's your that's your typical gator setup. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you're on a half shell or anything. <laughs> I need some, I need more orange in my life for sure. <laughs> uh but yes, uh so I guess with yeah, the draft times having the pros selected. You're very pro-pro. Oh, no, we're getting back to this again. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. Um, what's Jamie saying? There's a new Wonka movie coming out, and it's a prequel. Yeah. That sounds sweet, I suppose. Here we go. Hey. It all all um, all puns aside about that sounding sweet, I was actually kind of... It, it seems very, like, syrupy sweet, uh, you know, feel-good kind of story, the origin of 
um, of, of, of Wonka himself. I, I was kind of hoping it would be a little bit of a darker take on, uh, on, on the chocolate factory story, but I guess I'll have to wait for someone else to reimagine that. For some reason, I'm, I'm always waiting for a Beetlejuice origin story. That's, I'm surprised they haven't never done that one yet. I think they're doing a reboot, aren't they? Oh, of course they are. Well, I mean, Eric, I think you just came up with a great idea. Just start. You just got to start writing the script now. It's yeah. funny because it seems like they reboot everything except for those '90s kids. Reboot. Yeah, yeah. Right. hasn't got a reboot yet because that, that was that was awesome. There's a couple of shows that I would like to see a reboot. I, I or a uh, not reboot, but a but an origin story of and and Wonka is is. I don't know if I want to see that, but I do want to see like a darker side of it because there are yeah. if, you, if you pay attention, there is a lot of dark in that show in that movie didn't they didn't they come out with like a a series for like a one one year like a willy wonka series or was there another there was a johnny depp willy wonka movie a few years ago okay that's what it was that, yeah. that was just a strict movie. reboot it wasn't a prequel or anything okay or a sequel yeah it, it stayed movies. at least as i recall it stayed pretty true to form with the original um charlie and the chocolate factory movie right, right. um but I'm 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 with you, Jay. Like the the <laughs> the confines and everything that was happening inside that chocolate factory are clearly the imaginings of a madman, right? And yes. it's like I want to know like what pushed him over the edge, and you know right. what what was the uh, what was the R and D process and the failed <laughs> attempts that led to eventually what he had in place, right? I, I think that would be made a chocolate that cool was angle on. a lot more poisonous than he thought, and like really altered his mind and like forever changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he realized okay, that that's just... not the one we're going to give to kids. Yeah, he was he was just he was a pioneer on mushroom chocolate, and it just reset his wiring a little bit. It's crazy. Mushroom peanut butter. What's that movie? That movie is what thirty five, forty five years old now. Uh, I mean, was that seventy? Was it seventy eight, seventy nine when that when that movie was was came out, or was it eighty? Not the type of research I thought I'd be doing. I, mean, I was research. thinking like Where or something. <laughs> Where's research at? Good lord, but yes, I mean that that movie is almost as old as I am, and it's crazy because I can remember a lot of that movie, and it's like holy crap, I, I was, I think the first time I saw it was I was ten years old. Yeah. Okay, so the book came out in 1964. Okay. Uh, looks like the film came out in 71. Wow. Okay, so the the film is actually older than I am. Wow. So that film's what 50 years old. 52 years old. Goodness. But still, that's not nearly as long as it's been since the Lions last won an NFL title. I just, wow. I'm, I'm for now just going to keep ripping on them forever, even if it has yeah. nothing to do with the topic. <laughs> 1957, for those that, that care to know. Mm. Dale House Rock was the number one song in the States last time the Lions were NFL champions. <laughs> and then, then uh, let's, let's look up what a, what a gallon of gas cost back then. Do the uh, do all of the reminiscing talk? I guess the Ford family owned the team, so they had money because they would have had cars by then. I think. I think that's how history worked. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Not to, not gonna flood you with all this mud, folks. We're gonna we're gonna get to. Oh wait, we're talking about trash. Never mind. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, after, of course, again, we wanted to give Eric his time to shine with Pros with Joe's at Pros with Joe's, Pros with Joe's dot com. Just and we can say the words. I feel like we're just going to go be saying like random sentences and then like straightly in the middle, we'll just like cut it off and out of nowhere, abruptly say things like, I can't think of what I would say. Oh, pros with There we go. 
Yeah, that you need to put that in the private chat. Like every time you put a number in the private chat, you got to say prosojoes.com. I love it. And this is a very good, beautiful day, prosojoes.com. Yes. Have right. you seen the latest news of this NFL preseason game? There's a certain player, and his name is prosojoes.com. <laughs> we can go on forever. This. But yes, uh, Anthony, we'll, uh, Anthony Richardson just do a prosojoes.com touchdown. <laughs> Something Ooh. along those lines, right? But that is really? bonus points for the charity, right? <laughs> yes. That specific type of touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anthony Richardson was our very first NIL athlete. Nice. <laughs> I'll get some exposure for proswithjoes.com. Right. Leave it leave it to a gator. You know, we're we're good that way. Keep chomping <laughs> on the go proswithjoes.com ad. Oh, you know what though? There actually is we legit have an actual ad. Well, no, that, that's a legit ad too. But we also have the uh, underdog fantasy. And no, you cannot get underdog fantasy at prosofjoes.com, although I still suggest you go to that website. Uh, oh, there you go. Gator, Gator's yeah, so generous. Cut me off. Don't cut Eric off. Jesus, hey. Lord have mercy. We need that beautiful face on this screen. He's, Gator's clearly the more compassionate one. I'm just like, give us money with this ad. Uh, no, uh, underdog <laughs> fantasy. You can use the promo code GF2, like that's on the screen or the hat or the shirt. Walk in plug today. Shocker, right? Uh, but yes, uh, so yeah, promo code GF2 or scan the QR code. And this is if you have not yet signed up for Underdog. If you do so with our one of our uh, special codes, uh, Underdog will double your deposit match, your initial deposit up to $100. So uh, if you uh, sign up for Underdog, put in the promo code GF2, deposit in $100, you'll have an extra 100 So a total of $200 to use on best ball drafts, which that that time of year is coming to a close in terms of uh, those, those best draft, ball draft contests. So uh, be sure to get in there now. Uh, if you miss out, though, you'll also still be able to use those funds on NFL games, predicting higher over on game totals or player stats. There's tons of great games that can be played on Underdog Fantasy. So again, use the promo code GF2, scan the QR code on screen, and sign up today. Gator, I know you just chop up those best ball drafts, right? Like, I'm, 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 I'm. Yeah, somebody asked me the other day how many no, I was in. I was like, I can't even count that high. I, I'm I'm not gonna try to count that high. Every time somebody sends me a link, I, I join it. I, I don't even know how much money I've gotten invested in best ball right now. Um, but the more it, best ball drafts than a Gator actually has teeth. There, yes, okay, great. That's a great. Yes, that's that's awesome. That's I'm gonna use that from now on. When somebody asks me, I'm like, it's gonna be more than Gators have teeth. That's what I'm gonna use. Yeah, I can put those fantasy in frames. Frame it that way for you. You know, honestly, I don't even jump in those drafts. I'm just hosting that one, so I don't oh, even jump in those drafts. And, and so, if all the true because every time I watch an episode, I'm like, which one's Gator's team? I'm trying to look on the screen. Yeah, and not I'm not in him. I'm not in him. <laughs> I always forget to listen when he bring up his team, and now I see why. Yeah, I'm not even doing those. Uh, so the, I think right now, I think I did twelve or fifteen prior to the draft. And then I've probably done another 150 between the draft and now. Um, any and everything from the three dollar ones to to the, the you know the uh 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 best ball mania. Best ball mania. So yeah, it, 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 there's a there's a lot of investment in there. There's like I've learned a lot with with best ball on how to diversify your teams. And I'm starting to try to do that in both my redraft and dynasty teams as well. Because, well, I mean, 
a degenerate only has, you know, if you, you can't call yourself a degenerate until you have about 25 teams combined dynasty and redraft, in my opinion. Oh, but darn. I, mean, I just I, missed out. I had 24 last year and I only had 20 this year. So yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're just, <laughs> you're just the common folks. You're just common folks. No, <laughs> I may as well just do one draft at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm trying to diversify and I've gotten a lot of what I'm doing with my normal, t- you know, with, with my redraft and my dynasty with, what I've done in best ball and how learning how to diversify more in the draft. It's harder to do, of course, if you already have the teams, right? Because now, now you're having to make trades or, you know, having to pick up off the waiver wire. So it's, it's a lot easier to do when you draft the initial draft to diversify your teams across the board. You want exposure to everybody and you want exposure to high powered offenses, whether that's a Rashid Rice because he's on KC or whether that's a, you know, if you believe in uh, another rookie in in uh, Dalton Kincaid, which I think everybody should be, but you don't want to be overexposed either. And I think I'm that's sure. where I think that's where some of us dynasty players are are faulting right now, is we I get overexposed. Fifty percent, especially well, specifically for like dynasty. Like I don't, right. I think, but as a one dynasty, player, I've got. As a dynasty player, we get overexposed because not only do we fall in love with them, but because they want us something. Right. And then at that point, we're like, oh, well, this guy's just going to do it again. And it just doesn't happen. I think there's one person that you can honestly say that about to this point, and that's Travis Kelsey. And that's the only person. But even then, like Travis Kelsey in 2021 didn't necessarily like give you value off what. Uh, so he doesn't even necessarily do that every year. I think that was the year Mark Andrews finished his tight end one. So mm-hmm. For the most part, Kelsey does that, but, but he doesn't always do it that. Eric, do you uh, do any uh, underdog best ball drafting? I do. I've actually I had the exact inverse circumstance from what Jay laid out a moment ago. Um, all throughout, I mean, really the the gap of time between the Super Bowl and the draft, maybe like a month after the draft, I was on an insane pace. For, mm-hmm. for best ball. Um, right now, I've got 74 best ball teams drafted. Probably 55 of them were in that pre-draft window. And then I told myself I had to slow down. And really what happened is started to ramp up more uh, more content, more uh, more college basketball work, started getting stuff I had to set up proswithjoes.com for this year as well. Yeah, there exactly. <laughs> um, so there was there was a point where I was I was pacing to have an absolutely ridiculous number of best ball teams out there, but uh, by hook or by crook, other things got in my way and kept me at a more uh, more modest mid seventies figure. Do you feel like you got with the 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 drafts prior to the NFL? Do you feel like you you know looking at them now? Do you feel like you got value? Oh, absolutely, right. Because like with specifically with like best ball mania, you know these giant tournament type of formats, mm-hmm. you you have to shoot for upside, and very much so. One of the best ways to realize that upside is by rostering rookies, right? They obviously carry a fair amount of risk, and if you're a DGen like me and you draft them before they have an NFL team, they carry a fair amount of uncertainty, right? Um, and so that that routinely pushes them down the board. So you can find yourself with guys that are now being taken in the fourth, fifth, sixth round of best ball drafts today, well into the double-digit rounds, right? 
And, you know, ultimately, kind of like you mentioned earlier, you know, best ball has showed you how to manage your exposures. I, I don't really care if, you know, five, 10, 12% of my portfolio of best ball teams are cooked because I drafted someone that ended up in a terrible situation. Thank you, Israel Abanaconda. Um, if it means that I was able to get as my, you know, wide receiver nine, someone like Rishi Rice or someone like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, right? So it's very much so a trade-off. It feels weird to know that on a certain subset of these lineups, you're literally just lighting money on fire. But with the ones where you hit, you have a much, at least you're much more in reach of that 99.9th percentile outcome that you need in order to take down one of these large field tournaments. Well, I uh, I can't play underdog because uh, we're talking stash or trash, and I would categorize the Ontario government, and especially its current regime, as completely trash. So, yeah, it's a gambling loss. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess that brings us to our stash and trash segment. Um, I was going to let the guests go first, but uh, then the guests went and they said a very key yeah. name that I know Jay wants to talk about. So maybe this is a... a a situation we could talk about stash or trash every jets running back <laughs> yes um, we can start i guess what i would consider to be the bottom and jay go ahead with which not just i'm not saying that about the screen i'm saying that more about the player right right well i mean or, or both it's fine yeah I, I i accept i accept that you know you brought up izzy a minute ago and i have him as my trash when it comes to to dynasty for the simple fact of you know excuse me <clears throat> The, the running back shelf life is not long in the NFL. That's number one. But then you look at that running back room and you have now uh, Dalvin Cook. You still have Brees Hall. You have, you know, uh, um, Michael Carter. You know, you have Izzy. You have, what, 17 other running backs in Donovan that. Donovan Knight. Jonathan Taylor is going to get traded to the Jets. Stop it already. Can, can, can we, can we, can, hey, can we get an offense alignment on the Jets? Because they have no offense alignment right not now. Not David Bakhtiari. He is not being traded oh. to the Jets. <laughs> right. The, the, the problem with having Izzy is, again, the, the shelf life that, that the running backs have. You, if you have a dynasty team and you have a taxi squad, you don't want a running back on your taxi squad. You want them to produce for you and you want them to produce for you this year. Izzy's not producing for you this year. Even if he has a breakout game, let somebody else go pick him up off the taxi squad or off the off the waiver wire. There's no reason to to roster him right now. He's what fourth or fifth on the depth chart. I think it's fourth, but it's fourth or fifth. I, I think the only right now he's blowing right now is but, well. The only other person that's blowing right now they're probably would be, they're probably less likely to cut him than they are to cut Michael Carter, or cut Zonovan Knight. So he'll, yep, he'll right. I think, inevitably become the fourth guy, but I don't think he has the upside mm-hmm. to raise above that. So my tra- my first trash is off your roster. Go ahead and get Izzy off your roster, no matter what you spent for him in the rookie draft, even if it was a late second, early third. Take him off your roster. He's just clogging it up right now with that Jets running back room. No reason to have him on there. I was gonna say there's no reason to have taken him in the, in the late second. Yeah, pre NFL draft maybe I could have got that. There was a lot of hype for him, but uh, yeah. Yeah, depending on how your how your board looked, it, it he could have gone late second with with the running backs coming off the board early. If it was a one quarterback league, but but that's you know. the problem is by taking that early, you you just 
bypassed yeah. Evan Hull completely, and that was the big flaw in the, in the system. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, you can't blame them for that because Evan Hall sitting there gets drafted by the Colts, and they've got four of the running backs in front of Evan Hall, and now they only got. Oh wait, they don't have anybody in front of Evan Hall now. They have Kenny and Drake. <laughs> oh wait, they don't. He's not ahead of Evan Hall. <laughs> let's let's backtrack that. It's funny. I, just as a joke, like the Colts are collecting all of my favorite running backs. Obviously, JT is amazing. Uh, the 2021 rookie running back class, Deion Jackson had my second highest film grade. Najee Harris was the only one ahead of him. Uh, and so I've been a huge Deion Jackson fan the whole time. He's, as you know, evidenced by a couple weeks ago, we talked about our most rostered players. He might have been my most rostered running back in Dynasty. Uh, I love Kenyon Drake. I remember drafting him in a rookie draft way back when. Uh, and I remember since. I even liked Zach Moss a little bit. But, yeah, I, I, I like that one's the mistake, I think. I like Zach Moss when he was in in Buffalo. Um, that was a weird trade altogether. Him going over to Indy um, last year it was, that was weird to me, and I just tough I just didn't like break it. for him. Well, hey, you go. You got a broken bone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are on it tonight. Uh, but uh, you know, just leads me to talk about talk about these Jets running backs. My uh, stash was actually Michael Carter. I think, to a certain extent, Jay and I were talking about this before, uh, but Zonovan Knight might also apply to this in that one of those two is probably going to get released. And I know, Jay, you were kind of saying, especially if Zonovan Knight gets released, you're going to go pick him up mm-hmm. with the thought that he'll he'll pro- he's probably good enough to land somewhere else. It's tough to think of teams needing running backs because all we hear about is that none of them want any. But if there is a team that needs a running back out there, Zonovan Knight could fit real well. I think Michael Carter applies the same thing, especially if, okay, it looks like Hall's coming back. Maybe they hold him out for a few weeks. Does whoever is that, you know, at that point, the backup running back behind Dalvin Cook, do they still get enough run that maybe maybe not worth starting, but maybe worth starting. So I think at least holding Michael Carter and Zondervan Knight to see, uh, those be two guys that I, I'd, I'd consider as uh, stashes. But yeah. Now we'll, we'll actually be a little rude to have the guests go last. But, uh, Eric, do you have a stash or trash you'd like to start? Yeah, so I, I actually had Izzy Abanaconda as a trash as well. Um, so we won't we won't uh, belabor that point, right? Like, Well, Eric, um, Eric you, you have him as a trash. Is there anything other than what I said that you would add to it on why he should be a trash? No, it's, it's absolutely that, right? Like, um, rookie running backs – that are behind uh, an either established starter or a clearly more talented, in Abanaconda's case, two clearly more talented players, in, in today's day and age, at least until we get through the next CBA, are kind of worthless, right? Because mm-hmm. like running backs don't get to a second contract in the NFL anymore, right? So if he's going to if he's going to burn any of his productive years sitting on a bench behind two, even one player. Like it's it's just going to eat up roster space, right? So for for me, like we we talk a lot about three year windows in the dynasty context. Mm-hmm. Rookie running backs are the epitome of that, right? Like draft them, get them into your lineup, and plan on not having them in three years because you know that by the time that fourth year comes around, kind of like Jonathan Taylor is experiencing himself with those Indianapolis Colts, you no longer have any leverage, right? Like everyone knows that this this chariot is about to turn into a pumpkin and you will get pennies on the dollar for him at best right so you know izzy abanaconda falls into into that category for me uh you know to a a similar extent you know so does so does zach charbonnet 
two players that I loved drafting before the actual NFL draft. But, you know, I mean, we're talking about running backs getting, you know, three, maybe four years of opportunity. If, if you're not on the field for any of those years, you're, you're, you're not doing yourself a favor by holding them in, in dynasty. So very similar logic overall. Um, but those were, uh, those are the players that I had outlined as my, uh, as my trashes, as my trashers, treasure. Not, I guess I, yeah, don't bring up the Atlanta Thrashers to Jay. Uh, sorry about that. You, you mean, you mean the, the, what is it? Uh, the, oh golly, where'd they move to? Well, the, yeah, they're Winnipeg. Winnipeg. That's, yeah. The team, the, the team that probably never should have moved to the, become the Arizona Coyotes in the first place. Imagine that. Oops. Um, oh, well. In the Jets, right? Oh, look, like, a, a franchise called the Jets that doesn't know how to run properly. Oh, no. Imagine that. Hey, back Weird. to full circle on the Jets. But all to say, like with Abanacanda, I mean, four years of his rookie contract, that last year, that's going to be a potentially fifth-year option for Brees Hall, or they just franchise tag him. Like, there's probably no point in Abanacanda's rookie contract is Brees Hall not going to be on that roster. That's a yeah. big, scary yeah. thing for me. You know, and I don't want to, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but if you look at what he did over his first, you know, his, his three years in college, I mean, it was what, 30, 38 total reception. So in a PPR league, it, it's not, it's not great. It's not great, Bob, as they say, uh, six, 13 and 11 games, um, rushing attempts, you know, absolutely increased every year last year, 1,431 yards, 21 total touchdowns, but it, you know, the receiving for a PPR is just not there. Right. It, it's it's not. And most leagues right now, especially dynasty leagues or a PPR league or a half PPR, we're not looking to get, you know, 146 yards for a season. And 12, you know, uh, 21 receptions, it, it just doesn't or I'm sorry, 12 receptions for the year. That's not how it, you know. And then he's fourth on the depth chart, fifth on the depth chart. So that, that's where I am at with Izzy. I loved him as a player coming out. He just had got a horrible, horrible landing spot, from, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I've actually avoided him. I only got any shares, Dynasty or Redraft. So, uh, yeah. I was I was just trying, taking Evan Hall every time, right? <laughs> of course. I mean, if, if you if you believe that – if you believe that that um, Brees Hall was coming back at all this year, when they drafted Izzy, you, you just kind of faded Izzy anyway. Fifth round pick, a yep. bad landing spot. It just, yeah, no, for sure. I saw the, the like, even before that, a potential right on the wall. Like, is Jonathan Taylor not on this team next year? What does that mean for Evan Hull's potential opportunity? I just love mm-hmm. so, yeah. For me, anytime he was there at the back end of the third, and I wasn't wasn't taking Eric Gray, wasn't taking Abana Canada, wasn't taking Zach Evans. Like, ignore all those guys. Just give me Evan Hull. I've got zero shares of all those other guys, of course. Um, but Eric. Do you have a stash that you'd like to share? Yeah, it's actually someone that I am actively stashing and arguably overexposed to. And that's my guy, Terrace Marshall. Um, You know, part of that high-powered LSU offense from a few years ago. Um, You know, athleticism score is right up there with some of the better prospects that we've seen in recent memory. But unfortunately for him, he fell into the lap of maybe the worst version of the Carolina Panthers that we've seen in a few years. Right. So, um, you know, certainly not getting much opportunity on the fields uh, uh, in, in his rookie or, or sophomore years. 
um, you know, arguably wasn't getting the opportunity to develop as an NFL player quite as much as, uh, you know, other highly regarded rookie receivers. And this has led him largely to kind of go in the tank in terms of his ownership. So, you know, really, you know, the, I mean, even prior to, uh, you know, the full on reboot that we've seen in Carolina this year, I've just been out there stacking up Terrace Marshall shares on the cheap. Um, so I am very much so pot committed with him. Um, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a point where we see him and Mingo really push for, um, you know, for wide receiver roles on this team as soon as this year. Right. Um, and the presence of Mingo itself is still keeping Marshall's price pretty well depressed. Right. So if you are a glutton for punishment, you want to join me in the, uh, in the, in the glory that is Terrace Marshall ownership, you can still go get him for a pretty reasonable price. You say he was a second round pick in rookie drafts. I think a lot of the times when he came out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not having to probably spend a second to buy him right now. So no, no, you are not. <laughs> Disappointment discount. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you gotta you gotta buy the dip. At least that's how that is how my uh, oversaturated Marshall portfolio has been born, right? I, I still think that there's a, there's enough talent there to where when the opportunity arrives, there's a decent chance of of you, of you getting good value on that. Hey, you know got the chips on the table you just gotta put them in the dip yeah i don't know if gators chopping up that joke or not or i i was i was waiting for you to somehow somehow find out if you could get prosajoes.com in there <laughs> on the ball I, but, I love it. but since you couldn't i did no i didn't i, I failed completely. thank god you're here or thank and you know thank prosajoescharity.com i said the name wrong hey Thank God Gator's here. <laughs> it's just, it is pros, proswithjoes.com. Sponsored tonight, right here on the Gambit. By the way, if you didn't hear it, Eric dropped a tidbit on how you can get in only on the Gambit on Sunday. What, what are you doing Sunday at 11.59.59, right? That's what the last... So- you might want to go Monday. off a few minutes before then to make sure you got everything in, though. Right. Good. Sunday Sunday at 11.59.59 is when fundraising closes. If you go to our donation page on Sunday morning, the uh, the fundraisers that are listed at the top are the ones that have the fewest donations. So I know that we're all big math fans around here. Statistically, your likelihood of winning your way in will be the greatest by donating to those charities listed up top. And that will be reshuffled and in place as of Sunday morning. Yeah, I was told there was no math involved. So Sunday morning, just go to the website. What website What's is the website? Proswithjoes.com. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, Eric is going to sit here. He's going to lose power. He's going to lose internet. Wake up Sunday, Sunday afternoon and go, what in the hell happened? <laughs> Holy crap. Oh my God. There's, I've got so much more work to do. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully that, that's the goal, right? Good problem to have, right? That's a good problem to have. Yep. I'm sure it'll make you very happy if you log into proswithjoes.com and see a bunch of donations made to proswithjoes.com. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Uh, Gator, do you want to share your stash? You want me to get a stash for you? I, I will give you one and I will go exactly opposite uh, of what I just said about Izzy. Adabanaconda 
And I will tell you, Sean Tucker is somebody you should be stashing right now. Somebody, if he didn't have a health issue coming out of college, um, would have been drafted probably in the late third, if not before, uh, by another team. Ends up going as a UDFA as of today in Tampa. He is now splitting first-team reps with Rashad White. If you have not already got him on your team, go pick him up right now if he is available. You look at what he did in college in 2020 to 2022, 626, 1496, and then last year, 1,060 as far as his yardage. But his usage is is phenomenal. 137, 137 attempts, 246 attempts, only 200 attempts last year. He's also receiving the ball. And there's where the big catch is, is he receives the ball out of the backfield. Seven in his freshman year, 20, and then 36 his last year. He is an absolute monster. And if it wasn't for his health, and now he's 100% clear, he would have been drafted. And Tampa, I think, absolutely got lucky being able to get a hold of him. The reason I think he's a stash, when I said earlier that Izzy is not, is because he's number two minimum on the depth chart, which he probably will be number two. Rashad White will be number one. But he's number two. He's going to get opportunity. But he's only got four years as his contract, under, or three years under, uh, uh, on a UDFA contract. Tampa's going to be finding out what they have. All it's a full rebuild. They're going to be throwing the ball, or they're going to be handing the ball off. They're not going to be throwing it as much as they have in the past with Tom Brady. It is going to be a true two-man backfield, and it's going to be Rashad White, Sean Tucker. He's definitely somebody that you could have in a flex position if you had to, but he's definitely worth a stash, in my opinion. Talking Tucker. Totally. Yes. Yes. Is he, is he Canadian too? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't catch. Is, is is he Canadian too? I, let me double check. I want to oh, see. I'm gonna make Chase sure. Brown. That was the Canadian. I know Chase Brown is, but is Sean Tucker Canadian as well? I do not believe he is. No. Okay, I have to look it up. But I, I I thought he was. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, uh, Eric, did you want to mention anything about uh, Sean Tucker? Yeah, I think I think the distinction that Jay made is is really the the point to underscore here, right? Like uh, Tucker isn't nearly as far down the depth chart as someone like Izzy Abanaconda, but also the the circumstance of this year's and the coming years Tampa Bay Buccaneers is categorically the opposite of the New York Jets, right? Like this is a Buccaneers team that is heading deeply into player evaluation mode, right? Um, Obviously, I don't expect the same rookie season impact as Damian Pierce, but this was a lot of my argument for Damian Pierce last year, right? These teams that are 100% in the tank, these teams that have expent draft capital to bring in a young player, they need to know relatively quickly if they have something that they can build off of with that young player, right? So I, I tend to agree that we're going to see Rashad White, you know, get the starting role, you know, so to speak immediately and you know, over over the course of the season, I mean, obviously, we're not going to see White take on a, uh, you know, 400 touch type of workload over the course of the year in Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to see him on the field uh, at some point over the course of this coming season. And whenever they decide to, you know, fold up their tents and really 
set their focus on the upcoming draft, I, I think that workload will increase. So while he is a rookie runner that is, um, you know, sitting behind someone else in the depth chart, it, it couldn't be a more different situation than the one that we we played out with with Abanaconda. And I mean, if Caleb Williams is the one in the backfield handing off the ball to Sean Tucker and Rashad White, that's probably going to up their values a little bit, I think. I'll say so, yeah. Uh, and I just look it up. Sean Tucker is from Maryland. Now, Gator, I think I know why you said what you said, because you played for Syracuse, and like Syracuse, there tends to be a lot of Canadians that go to Syracuse. Proximity to Canada, especially you know, French Canadians, because it is so close to Quebec. Like uh, The first Canadian drafted this year in the draft was Matthew Belgeron, who was an offensive lineman. It looks like he's going to be starting, or has a chance to start this year for the Falcons. Uh, and yeah, Canadian. Uh, that's from Syracuse, so yeah, I, I I I know we had a conversation in the past about it, and and it was Chase Brown that we talked about. But I I thought there was a thought there was a chance. I mean, Maryland that's not too far from from Canada. This probably was close. I feel like Syracuse is closer though. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he was feeling like I need to be up. I need to be up there. Yeah, yeah for sure. What is uh, what is? So I I just wanted to compare this real quick because. I was looking at stats with, with Rashad White, and here's what scares me with Rashad White. As much as I love Rashad White being in the third round, he's 24 already. Sean Tucker right. probably should have been a third rounder, is only 21. Right? And then now what do we looked at? You know, what is easy? You know, we're going back to the Jets, not, not to keep rehashing it, but, you know, what's the age difference between Izzy and, and Brees Hall and, and – you know, uh, I know Carter's a little bit older, but there's the just something else to keep in mind as you're sitting there. Do I cut this guy? Do I, you know, taxi squad this guy? Do I hold a roster spot for this guy? You know, age should come into it, you know, but that should be like the last thing. But that that would be something that I would add to that is, is when you're looking at it, Tucker is only 21 years old and he still looks like a freaking man. He's a he's a grown ass man. <laughs> and to what you were saying earlier about the fact that it's a three year contract as a as an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. that means like that second contract for him, we're still probably in good some good fantasy seasons for us. So his value may not. If anything, we might even prefer that he leaves Tampa if they don't get Caleb Williams. Let's say they suck, but like not suck enough to do that. Yeah, they don't get, they, they, only, they only they only suck enough to get like Drake May or somebody. You know, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or even that they can't get either. I mean, they're stuck at quarterback purgatory kind of thing. Um, and once the, you know, maybe they trade for Jordan Love once the Packers sign Nathan Rourke. Who knows? Ooh. Like, whatever that situation ends up being, you might almost prefer that after those three years in Tampa that Tucker can sign anywhere and that might there be like a value increase after year three for him as well. What, what do you have for your, for your stash? Well, my stash was Michael Carter. Okay. Um, if we what don't want to, if we what is your trash? So I've got two technically. Uh, they're teammates, wide receivers, and uh, one of the things I, the basis I used for this was again looking at the three or four leagues I have cut downs for, and I kind of went through. Okay, what are my potential cut downs, and what are some decisions I'm going to be making? I thought that's where um, I won't fully declare both these players as trash, but I think it may be safe to consider cutting them if you need the room. So, um, Chicago Bears wide receivers, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. 
got a league with both. And I don't know. I'm I'm potentially considering I potentially considering hanging on to both, but I all am also considering cutting at least one of them. So I, I just I'm I guess my concerns are just basic basic volume. DJ Moore is probably gonna command his usual share of targets because he's earned that through his career. So uh, I don't know. I could see either Claypool or Mooney severely disappointing. I can also see either one having a great season. So I'm not sure which one will be that disappointment or if they both just eat into each other's production. So, well, let me ask this question real quick. And, and I'm going to ask this to Eric. So my personal opinion, um, I hate that. I, I hate that for, for, for your choices because I'm out on Claypool, been out on Claypool. Um, but Mooney, I'm actually in on, I want to buy Mooney. So Eric, are you in on Mooney, number one, or Claypool, either one? And if so, somebody is going to offer to trade you Mooney, what are you what are you offering to, to get Mooney for? So I am starting to feel a little bit scared about how much you and I are in lockstep tonight, Jay. Um, <laughs> so right next to uh, Terrace Marshall... What's that um, donation site that I need to donate so you and I can be on the same team? Yeah. Two <laughs> well, the, the bad news is I, I don't think you and I can ever do a show with just the two of us because we'd be just agreeing all the time. Uh, it would be and it would be super show. boring. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I'm here. Right next, to, right next to Terrace Marshall as my, um, as my stash is Darnell Mooney. Um, mm-hmm. And while he's certainly going to you know see a, a volume hit now that DJ Moore's in town, I also think that his his profile is much more suited to being a viable wide receiver too, right? You go back to 2021 where he was the number two to Allen Robinson on that team, saw 140 targets, got over 1,000 receiving yards, had a career high in yards per reception at 13, 13 yards per flat, right? So I, I think that, you know, he's he's not the he's not the most most athletic guy um, in, in the league and now certainly not on the bears and you know having to deal with another team's best corner put him in a position to lose when we saw him there last year right now that he's back on that you know second man up in the in the secondary i think we could see him get relatively close to that you know near a thousand yard peak from a few years ago so um i i agree with kyle that we should be looking to uh to to cut bait in the Chicago Bears wide receiver room, but like Jay said, for for me, it's it's Claypool and and not Mooney. I do also think there might be a scenario where both hit and Cole commits the guy that really suffers. They just just like you know, Fields becomes so accustomed with how good DJ Moore is doing, he just goes to the outside so much that he ends up ignoring the tight end and not throwing much to that or to the running backs. And it's the well, specifically in the case of Claypool, right? Like. We, we don't really have much of a representative sample to point to in his tenure in Chicago. You go back to his Steeler days, and they they kind of used him like a like a big slot, like kind of like a tight end, right? So I, I think, you know, the, the war of attrition between Cole Komet and Chase Claypool is a really interesting one to watch. But ultimately, I mean, I've, I've kind of been out on Claypool from the get-go. So, you know, moving from a relatively ineffective, uh, run-heavy, offense to a arguably more ineffective more run heavy offense um didn't exactly wet my beak when when that 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 deal went down last year 
got a got a big old second second rounder to go into Pittsburgh for 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 uh, yeah. Chase. And they got a first round corner off. essentially. Yes. Yeah. They- God, God bless them. However, they pulled that off. <laughs> Be funny if the Bears still have more wins than the Steelers this year, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if that's I don't know if that's out of the range of possibility. I think. Woo, we disagree, I mean, Eric. We finally. There we go. Finally. Yes. We disagree. We All I had to do is talk about the Bears win winning. Of course, that makes people disagree. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you, you brought up Pittsburgh. I'm pretty high on Sam, or on, on a, a picket this year, um, or Pickens, rather. Getting getting a, a second year in that offense. Um, I think there is there is a lot of growth that can be had with the upgrades that they've made on offensive line. Um, with a healthy Najee Harris, with a with a, you look back and and you sit there and go, how in the hell did Johnson not get in the end zone last year? Hmm. Can he pick it, ladies and gentlemen? It, no, he threw seven touchdown not, passes last year. Stop it! It's not Kenny. Well, he did. He he only threw seven yeah. touchdown passes last okay. year. Okay, but it's not his fault. He, he was twelve it, games, but. It's not even like it's he's got a defensive line in his face because of a horrible offensive line. It's not his fault. So, if if we want to carry Kenny Pickett's water, I guess it's Ken now officially. He's a man. He um, oh. I will always be. <laughs> I, I I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm always condo, out here to to pour cold water on. Steelers fans hopes and dreams um but the the real thing if you want to assign blame to anyone associated with the Steelers from last year is Matt Canada right um I was I was hoping that we were going to see the the purge of the horrific offensive coordinator in the AFC North completed right we we finally rid ourselves (laughs) of Greg Roman in Baltimore and there were talks that Canada's seat was incredibly hot Fortunately, they retained him. Um, so, I mean, as long as he's there, I don't think we're going to see really much out of this Steelers offense. To to be fair, in the preseason, they have trotted out some more like modern concepts. So if that trend holds, and you know, you know, with that high tide raises the rest of the Steelers ships. But I mean, Matt Canada has shown us routinely that. You know, he likes to run these vanilla defenses or vanilla offenses, I should say. Um, you know, that uh, uh, pick-ins that. is going to be running go routes all day long. Like, Well, except, for, a, that one year, except for that one year when he was the, the OC in uh, LSU. That's the only year that he had at least a, a you know, a, a mind of, of an offensive coordinator. Now, I'm not saying... Chase Jefferson, he, go run routes. We're better than everyone that we're facing. Right. Well, if by you look a wide margin. The, look at the, the concepts that they were running. It was actually a pretty good uh wide receiver or you know, route running concepts. They, it was nice. Um that's one I hadn't thought about was was the fact that Canada was still there because again, his his seat was allegedly on fire last year. It wasn't even hot, it was on like fire. The country of Canada is right now. Yes, yeah. The one thing I will say, though, is when you look at, you know, rookie quarterbacks compared to their second year, second years, you know, it's usually about a year and a half. You know, again, going back to the Bears, look at what Fields did last year, about game six, seven, somewhere in that range. 
where he was like, oh, shit, I got nobody. I'm going to have to do this on my own. And then all of a sudden, boom. Look at Trevor Lawrence in his second year. The second year quarterback is where that's when you want to start. Okay, if you can hold him and stash him, cool. But the second year quarterback is where you're 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 going to gain the value, and you just need a little bit of a nice game, a g- good game to a great game, and there is where you're going to gain your value of of where you drafted him. Because if you draft him in the second round, you could turn that into a first round pick real quick. All you need Kenny Pickett to do is to throw two touchdowns, three touchdowns in a game, throw for 300 yards, and never have another good game. But you sell him that you know, the, the day after that. I just think there's going to be something in Pittsburgh this year. I'm not saying they're winning the in AFC North. By no means am I saying that. I think there's, there's two other teams that will have something uh, um, up their sleeve for them. But it's I, I just can't see where they're going to be completely out of it either. Even with Matt Canada as the OC. Tomlin always finds a way. No matter how bad the roster is, they'll finish gonna, 500, right? Jesus, God almighty. How, how does that? There's that's a, that's a head coach that you just cannot not like. Well, he, it's because he never blinks, right? I think that's the, that's the key to all of this. Just stop blinking and you'll at least, you'll at least go 500. Well, that that and that and and fool everybody in the world to think that you're going to be, you know, go go talk to the number one quarterback coming out in the class by the porta potties or his family by the porta potties down and in, in, in Mobile, like he did with Malik Willis, and everybody flipped the fuck out. <laughs> At least the fantasy football world flipped the fuck out. It's like, oh my god, there he's going, Malik Willis to Pittsburgh. And then they turn around. And around. <laughs> of course, no, no one flipped the fuck out when Malik Willis didn't go in the first or second rounds. Of course, everyone was calm and no one panicked then. Everybody was panicking. What are you talking about, Kyle? Was- <laughs> Including you. <laughs> I was lucky. I just didn't draft any shares of him. <laughs> Perfect. Avoid all the quarterbacks. <laughs> you got Did any more that- any more trashes or stashes, Kyle? gonna say that we talk about quarterbacks in that class we can talk about matt corral and how he shouldn't be rostered um kyle trask is uh whoa 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 okay. whoa simmer down you see <laughs> this flag right there won't you talk about kyle trask well let's let's don't, talk ah, about kyle kyle what if he's go. gonna say something good <laughs> well i was gonna say what if carson wentz ends up in, in tampa what does that say about Kyle Trask? That they have like on, legit, absolute no faith. They never want to see him touch the football. I, I, I know I've got capabilities of booting. I know I've got capabilities of booting people. Hang on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. Oh, he booted himself. Ooh. I thought he was going to kick you no, out. I nope, I didn't do it. That, that was that was one hundred percent. That was that was me. Uh, who's in control here? Not Kyle I Trask. Have it too. If, if I have it too. Kyle Center is. What? Hey, hey how you doing? I guess I'm Kyle Trask. Never mind. <laughs> no, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I really, as a Tampa fan, I would have loved to seen Tampa come out and go. Kyle Trask is going to start. Let's see what we have. So you can get Caleb Williams. Well, n- n- not even, not even for that. If you, you, we drafted him in the second round. Let's find out what we have. This kid has been a backup for his whole life in high school. In college, and he's done nothing but win when he gets the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to be a winner in the NFL by no means, but we don't know. He's had what 
a total of like 60 minutes total played in the NFL. And it was yeah, in nine, trash nine pass attempts is what he had. Yeah. And it was getting completely. I'm surprised he even had that, to be honest. I thought he had zero. <laughs> yeah. It was all in trash time. So in trask time? No, in trash, not trask, but trash with with third stringers on the field. So you couldn't get he couldn't get true reads. He couldn't, you know, you throw on a ball, you're playing, you know, a first team defense with third string wide receivers. It, nothing, you're not gonna get any kind of information from that. But do you get, I mean, I'll just like I'll quote again from that same draft class, Kellen Moore, Kellen Mon, sorry. Uh, what, uh, what Mike Zimmer said, right? I don't need to see him play a game. I've seen him in practice every day. Well, but I mean, listen, you, what the kid put on film and what he's put on the field when he had the opportunity in both high school and college was completely different than what we've seen in the pros. He's not only done it, you know, three years in the pros, he sat behind one of the, if not the greatest of all time. If he didn't learn something, you'll know it in the first three weeks. Blaine Gabbert? They, again, Blaine they, Gabbert? they might already know that he didn't learn anything, but they don't even have to wait three weeks, right? That's, to a certain extent, that's almost the message I get from Tampa. Like, Why would they bring in Baker Mayfield if they had any faith at all? Because he's contract? cheap. You're painting $4 million. True, I mean, yeah. You need, to, you need a backup. You're right. You need a backup. Why Why have Baker be the starter the whole way through training camp up to now if you had any faith in I, Honestly, I don't know that either one of them were considered starter because it it's come out more than right, yeah, they, they, they were like back and forth, back and forth. They were both running with the ones. The problem I have is that when it – and I could have missed one or two times, but Kyle Trask never played with the ones in a game, only in uh, – uh, on you know practice, and we talk about practice, and we talk about practice. Practice is important because that's all so, he's got. So for his practice, though, cool. that is. True. I I actually tend to think that we'll see Kyle Trask start more games for the Bucks than Baker Mayfield does. Um, you know, maybe over the course of the year, it's it's by merit. But if if nothing else, like like we talked about earlier, I think the Bucks are in talent evaluation mode. It still bears the question the, that you pose, Kyle, which is why did they bring in Baker Mayfield? Why did they name him the starter right up front? And I, I think that it underscores a reality that I've I've talked about before, which is a lot of what NFL front offices and NFL coaching staff does is from a position of trying to save and maintain their jobs, right? Yep. And if if they come out and say this unknown quantity who's been a backup everywhere that he's played he's only seen 60 minutes of NFL playing time is our starter. Even though we all know that they are tanking in this upcoming season, it too clearly states, you know, shouts it from the mountaintop that they are probably looking to the future year. And, you know, GMs and coaches, they operate from a place of scarcity, right? They at least have to, for the early part of the season, feign an effort that we think we can win games with Baker Mayfield. And, you know, we're going to dink and dunk and, you know, win, 17 to 14 or whatever it might be. Um, but ultimately at some point midway through the season, reality will set in. It will be more socially acceptable for them to start turning the page to next year. And that's where I think we see Trask kind of take it over down the stretch run. Yeah. The other side of that coin is they have him under contract for this year and next year. Um, whereas they only have Baker under contract for this year. You look at what they're, they're paying him. And I, you know, it all leads back to what the money is, I guess, but, 
you know, his cap hit for this year is 1.5. His cap hit for next year is 1.7. So combined, it's less than three million, right at three million. Whereas they're paying Baker four, four and a half. Um, the other side of that coin is you look at what was Baker a number seven overall pick somewhere in that range. He was the first overall pick. One, oh yeah, that's overall. right. He was by the Browns. Yeah, yeah, first overall pick compared to a I think Kyle Trask was the last pick in the uh, second yes, round. I just looked it up at sixty four. Yeah, sixty four. So you're right. Second round pick uh, in twenty twenty one. So there's a. I guess at that point you you're sitting there you're looking at okay well I'm paying this guy this guy should be. Um, and maybe they maybe they maybe they were were dead even, and that's what it came down to. Maybe they were dead even, and they came down to well I'm paying this guy more money. You're right. We'll, we'll never know in terms of what those. Uh, maybe maybe there'll be a documentary on it someday. Oh, stop it! <laughs> the uh, the the longer that the writer strike goes on, the higher the likelihood that there is a documentary about just about anything that's happening. Oh, can we, in can our we world. That right away? I need that. That's a great joke to write. Good job, Eric. That happened sooner than later. I got one more trash for you, um, if that's all right. Uh, and I, I took this approach, um, with because we're a dynasty show, I took it more as you know, trashing or stashing, you know, the rookies. And I think there's a rookie out there that we have, you know, at, at through drafts have decided that this guy is going to be something, and he, I just don't think he's going to be, and that's Keyshawn. Butte. Um, I almost thought he was going to say Vaughn. I no. thought he was too. I thought we were staying in Tampa. No, no, no. It <laughs> also applies to the trash section, I would imagine. Though. No, we're going to, to well, Tampa North, which is, you know, New England. Um, we're going to go there. And here's the reason why I, I, I'm looking at Butte as, as, a, as a trash guy. Um, somebody that we thought of, what, as early as or as late as last year. At least his his freshman season, we were like we were super high on him. He had an eighteen point five percent target share in his first season, uh, only forty five targets or only forty five receptions, but he had seven hundred and thirty five yards in his freshman year, and then it just went downhill from there. Of course, last year with all the drama with Brian or uh, yeah Brian Kelly coming over, Chip Kelly coming over, rather whatever his name is, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, and that player, all that mess comes out. Um, and then coming in overweight, messing around. I'm looking at him in three years in college, 132 receptions. When you're sitting there looking at other players like Josh Downs, who had 101 receptions in one year, <laughs> there is no reason for a Keyshawn Boutte to be taking up a roster spot on your roster. As horrible as that team is or is what we think it's going to be in that division it's not going to be great and he's just holding up a roster spot there's other wide receivers that i would rather have even if Butte gets you somewhere in that that mid wide receiver three range there's other wide receivers i would rather roster Heck, even, i would just say go with the running back a random even, running back that Right, but even less than wide receivers on a on a dynasty roster, I would rather taxi squat them than hold on to a a Keyshawn Boutte. Um, you know, like I said, his target share his freshman year was eighteen and a half percent, and went to twelve and then fifteen last year. It's he's not a separator; he's not getting the opportunity. That's somebody that I am completely out on. Thoughts? 
I have zero zero shares, zero cares. I love it with those players. I just, I've never drafted them. Not going <laughs> to draft any of them. I don't care how they do. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a pretty similar sort of headspace, right? I I know we talked earlier about a not so athletic guy in Darnell Mooney. You know, uh, Keishon Butte kind of fits that mold as well, right? There's really nothing about his measurables that jump off the page, and his on-field production at LSU kind of you know underscored that, right? It, the you know year over year, it seems like he's getting you know less and less involved, and if nothing else, I mean he's tied to a you know very run heavy offense with a not so exciting quarterback for the foreseeable future. There's just there's not really a whole lot to uh, to put wind in your sails about with with Butte. So yeah, uh, sad party for anyone who had Keishon Butte, especially like in dynasty league. Because, like, I, I just go back to a year ago today, you know, August 24th, 2022. You ask someone who are going to be the top two or three wide receivers in the draft class. Everyone probably says Jackson Smith and Jigba. Seemed like Addison was getting a lot of hype even last year as well. They probably would have gone Keyshawn Butte as the third guy in this class a year ago, right? Well, you look back two years ago, and we, you know, as a, at least from what I can remember, as an industry, we were sitting there talking about Josh Downs being the number one, number one wide receiver uh, or, or number two wide receiver, depending on where you had him. And then for whatever reason, he fell off. I, I don't know that it, it wasn't. To me, it wasn't his numbers. His numbers weren't horrible, you know, compared to 2021 to, you know, compared to 2021 numbers to his 2022 numbers. They weren't horrible. I mean, 300 less yards receiving, but. Really, he only had like six, six or seven less targets or in receptions, rather. Um, but when you look at Keyshawn Boutte, you're sitting there going, "This dude has." You can see flashes of it, right? But he just doesn't. It just doesn't continue. Does that mean you know what I mean? Does that make sense? You see the flash. You see it in a, in a play or two plays, and then all of a sudden he's like ghosting for the rest of the game. Such a as much as like we might look at that depth chart, there's not a lot of talent. There are bodies there. It's he's gonna have to play well to usurp a Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker, a, mm-hmm. a Kendrick Bourne. If they share initials, that might be his best way of getting on the team is confusing the coaches to think he's Kendrick Kendrick Bourne. Hey KB, let's go. And he just runs out like acts like he's supposed to be there. Changes. Oh, if he's if he's supposed to be there, that's that's yeah. that's Kendrick Bourne, right? Just steal his jersey and just be like, you know what? I'm on the I was field. Born with a different name. <laughs> That's funny. Like I can say that joke was kind of booty, wasn't it? I do. I do love Eric's <laughs> Eric's Eric's uh, suggestion, though. I I like we we do need to have a a segment now on the gambit uh, every Thursday night. Stash or Trask? It'll be the Trask Trasker, where uh, you know. I call that my you, Homer. Well, you look at the. Track him every week. Did he play? Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, track- sorry, segment, then. Zero pass attempts so far this season. <laughs> Tracker Trasker in the uh pass attempts he gets. It's gonna, it'll be a short segment. <laughs> yeah. I mean honestly, uh Luke Tasker might end up with more career pass hey, attempts. Hey, good lord. Where's that boot button again? <laughs> the bootay button? The bootay button, that's right. Uh I think we're gonna bootay on out of here though. Uh and everyone should head over to a certain website, goingfor2.com. No, they should go there too. 
Uh, there's a, we've got Discord in there, rankings, all sorts of great stuff. But especially this weekend or Sunday, you should head over to crowswithjoes.com. So Eric, I'll let you uh, plug Pros with Joes Charity League one last time. Yeah, I mean, proswithjoes.com, proswithjoes.com, proswithjoes.com. Um, we'll take the At Beetlejuice effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still fundraising through the end of the night on Sunday. Again, 56 pros from around the industry, right? Um, Stefania Bell's back playing again, as is Marcus Grant, as are Dave Kluge and Jeff Bell and Joey Wright and just about everybody from Football Guys. Um, uh, like like I said before, if you if you consume content in this fantasy space, there's a very high likelihood that someone whose content you consume is playing and representing a charity this year. So get over to proswithjoes.com. Give a little, give a lot, whatever you can spare, right? Like we all have, we all have a little bit of money laying around. These charities do a really good job of doing a ton of work with a relatively small amount of money. So whatever, whatever you can spare, you probably won't miss it. You might feel pretty good about yourself. You'll definitely do some good in the world. You might win your way into the league. Eric, I get I get one more question on this. Um, so I retweet every single one that I see, or I, I guess repost now. It's not retweet anymore. But anyway, I, I you know I, I send it back out, and you know, I don't know that I've seen every single one with the, the the dollar amount that they've raised. But there's always the the thousand dollars. What is the ultimate goal for the the total dollar amount, or is there an ultimate goal for a total dollar amount when when you know? overall with the what 46 charities you said there are yeah it's it's 49 this year um we've we've got some overlap uh, a few people playing for um leukemia and lymphoma society a few people playing for the domestic violence hotline uh, but 49 in total i mean quite honestly you know it might sound oversimplified usually we set out with the goal of trying to raise more than we had in the prior years but in reality, you know, we've we've gotten to a point where, you know, even if we we don't quite land there, we we still raised a, a fair amount of money, and if nothing else, you know, brought some people together, created a fun experience. Um, uh, right now, I guess as of about an hour ago, uh, we're creeping up on the twelve thousand dollar mark for this year. Um, so definitely happy with that. With a few days left to fundraise, and we do usually see a pretty good push on that that last day. Everyone kind of likes to wait and see where uh, where those fundraisers sit. So hopefully we uh, will be able to surpass last year's number. But if nothing else, um, I can say from firsthand that uh, that type of donation in total does a ton of good work. That's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. Again, that's proswithjoes.com. $1 gets you an entry into each. Oh, sorry. $1 gets you an entry to play with a pro and every dollar gets you an additional entry. That's right. And you can donate as many $1 to as many pros that you want to. That's, that's always $49. Go one to each charity. And then that's right. Yeah. It's a, it's funny. Cause I, I keep a, um, I, I keep a very organized, at least in my own head, uh, tracker of all this. And it almost looks like you can see people's like roulette strategies based on how they based on how they place their donations, right? There's some people just covering the entire board. There's some people kind of working larger chunks and thirds. It's uh it's it's fun to to kind of pick apart. That's funny. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm going to go make a, uh, a model to determine how much money I should spend at each one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you back on Sunday. You know? uh, no, this is fantastic. Eric, uh, I know you do this every year. Uh, this is what, the fourth year of Pros with Joe's? Year four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such great work. I've, you know, over the years, how many thousands and tens of thousands of dollars have been raised uh, for yeah. all sorts of different charities. It's, it's fantastic that Pros with Joe's allows the opportunity and gives the opportunity to some Joes to play with some pros and some Joes to play with some Joeys and all sorts of fun yeah, combinations exactly. such as that. <laughs> and pros to play with pros named Joe. Basically any variety of pro and Joe that you might be interested in, we probably got you covered. I mean, last year I played with a dude named Jay. Hey, look, my co-host is named Jay. How are you doing, Jay? <laughs> but it wasn't me to play. No, but it was a different Thursday night going for two co-hosts. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the the going for two coaching and player tree is vast. <laughs> Kyle mentioned going to going for two earlier tonight. If you if you do do that and you want to see some uh some some red hot prop picks from twenty twenty one, you can uh you can search my name on the website and uh and take a walk down memory lane from my my time writing over there. Man, I'm... I wrote a I wrote a like a two QB superflex draft guide article. Um, and I remember I put on the cover Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, and it was it was like, yeah, that that year coming off the the Eagles Super Bowl yeah. championship, and it was I just found that that a fun, a funny picture of the two of them saying the same picture. And yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely there in the archives too. Big time. Yep. Who'd have thought Jalen Hurts was coming around? <laughs> it's fair. Uh, but yes, uh, so you can follow Eric on Twitter at FantasyNav. You can also follow the Pros with Joe's charity at Pros with Joe's. Pros with Joe's. We try to keep things simple. <laughs> hey, yeah, whatever gets the word out. Because anytime we can say the words pros with the word Joe's in any combination, we will do so. Especially if there's a dot com at the end. Of course. seems to love doing that. It's, we're the dot com generation, I, I suppose. Certainly. We're <laughs> pros at the dot com, so to say. <laughs> okay i i've i've uh rambled enough uh gator do you want to ramble some more no i i'm i'm ready to to get out of here. we we did some some trashes we did some stashes um i want to thank eric again for joining us tonight remember you can follow eric at fantasy nav you can follow the the uh pros with joe's at pros with joe's uh make sure you go check out the pros with joe's website at pros Get the donations in there. Let's get these guys up. Um, make sure it, you know, add your donation in. So only a dollar. Like I said, one dollar gets you an entry into each and every single one that you each and every dollar you donate gets you an entry in. Uh, you could donate multiple times, you could donate to multiple different charities. Um, on Sunday at 11 59 59 p.m., the donations stop. Uh, by 1 a.m., you should be checking your email. Just like you do with Scott Fish and just refresh, 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 and refresh until you get that email from Eric saying you are in and this is who your teammate is. He needs to sleep uh, or work. Just stay home all day refreshing emails. Yeah, exactly. He only needs an hour. He only needs you're, an you're, hour. I mean, especially if you're a Joe. You're not a pro. You don't have yeah. a job. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean, his name's not Joe. What the hell are we talking about? No. But yeah, so I guess that comes out on Monday. First draft starts on Wednesday Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. So make sure you're over there checking that out. Um, we appreciate Eric coming on and sharing all of that good stuff. You can find me at FantasyJ77. 
I am done talking. Kyle, take us home. Let's get out of here. Get Eric to sleep because he's got a lot to do this weekend. <laughs> yeah, Eric's going to be checking prosofjoes.com a lot and probably the Twitter handle as well, at prosofjoes. Uh, I'm at Senator Says, by the way. But don't, don't follow me this week. Go go follow the at prosofjoes. That's right. And uh, I guess this is the last episode of our Dynasty Gambit off-season edition. Jay, you'll be... Back in two weeks. For which, is, which, again, two weeks from tonight, there will yeah. be NFL football regular season game that actually matters and counts. Yeah. The, the points aren't made up. The game is not made up. Well, I mean, it, yeah. I, yeah, someone did make up the game. There is this, There's still a script, though. There's still a script for the game, by the way. Uh, so in two weeks, at 7 o'clock, seven o'clock, we are changing the times. We're going back to our in-season time, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll have their pregame, Kansas City, Detroit, and we will see you there, hopefully, We'll get Kyle on. Maybe maybe we'll have him in the chat. We'll, maybe we'll leave Kyle in the chat in a couple of weeks. Um, but I know Brian's coming back this year, so me and Brian are going to hit it up. We will have the – I double-checked today. We will have the Chrome Dome pick of the night with Brian. So uh, maybe we'll, get, we'll try to get Eric on a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about the pros with Joe's and how it's going. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll have some special guests on this year. See how it goes. Any time, I would love to swing back through. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jay. Uh, thank you, Jamie, in the chat. Anyone else who's watching, listening, checking out prosofjoes.com, checking out the Going for Two Discord, all sorts of great sources of great information. Uh, so, again, thank you, Eric. Appreciate this. Thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. And uh, I guess thank you, everyone who's watched every episode so far this off season of the Dynasty Gambit. See you when the season starts.